Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman, author of Where Am I Giving? A Global Adventure Exploring How to Use Your Gifts and Talents to Make a Difference. When was the last time that you felt small? Not in the belittled way, but in, in I guess, the good, the good way? Like you're in awe of the vastness of existence, the universe, and time. So anyhow, I recently wrote an essay that addresses this, and this is kind of what we frame this episode around. So I'm going to read the essay, and at the end of the essay, um, Jay and I have a chat about times that we've felt small, I guess, in the good way. So here is the essay. I will be upfront with this. Uh, I did actually edit the essay a little bit since Jay read it, but I don't think it really impacts our commentary. As I was reading... As, as it, right after I wrote this, um, I was reading a book by Jonathan Safran Foer called We Are the Weather. And so I added some things into this essay because it was just really relevant um, to it. So, uh, so anyhow, without further ado, here is the essay. It's titled, It's Huge to Feel Small. I laid on the bottom of the ocean and stared into space. The surface of the water was so still and flat that it ceased to exist. The light of the stars traveled unrefracted trillions of miles through the Earth's atmosphere in 20 feet of water. I held my breath, the sound of my heartbeat joining the primordial hum of the Atlantic. I pushed off the bottom. Underwater, like in space, one is weightless. That night, off the coast of Key West, I slowly kicked towards constellations. No difference between air and space. I swam into eons and light years, not an observer of the universe, but part of it. I stood in my backyard in Indiana, waiting for my dog to pee. The lightning bugs at their peak. Each flash reflected off the surface of the pond. The stars were free from fossil fuel light pollution and danced in the darkness of a new moon. Stars below, above, and around me, as if the heavens descended. In the Rocky Mountains, no tent, just the sky, and more shooting stars in one hour than I had seen in my entire life. Holding my daughter for the first time. Holding my son for the first time. Pouring water onto the back of a beach pilot whale and feeling its sonar go right through me. Each of these was a moment of transcendence in which I felt small, but part of something much bigger than myself. In her book, The Power of Meaning, Emily Espahani Smith includes transcendence in her four pillars of meaning alongside a sense of belonging, purpose, and storytelling. She writes about the paradox of transcendence. So this is a quote from her. Transcendence simultaneously makes individuals feel insignificant and yet connected to something massive and meaningful. How can this paradox be explained? The experiences of practice meditators who describe similar phenomena may offer a clue. At the peak mystical moment, they sense the boundaries of their selves dissolve, and as a result, feel no more separation between themselves and the world around them. They experience, as a meditator in one study put it, a sense of timelessness. The brain can no longer separate the self from the surrounding environment. Individuals feel connected with everyone and everything. They feel a sense of unity. 
end quote. So many of my transcendent moments have involved stars, so it makes sense that astronauts looking back at Earth would have life-changing moments of transcendence. This has become known as the overview effect. You have to be far from home to truly see it. In fact, you have to be 20,000 miles from Earth to see it as a globe. William Anders of Apollo 8 saw the Earth as a globe and had this to say. We came all this way to explore the moon. And the most important thing is that we discovered the Earth. So I just finished Jonathan Safran Foer's book on climate change, How We Are the Weather. He writes about astronauts and the overview effect. So Foer writes, and this is a pretty lengthy quote, so all of this is Foer until I tell you otherwise. So uh, maybe I need to take a drink of coffee first before I read this whole segment. <clears throat> all right, so Foer writes, It wasn't when he landed on the moon that Alan Shepard cried, but when he looked back at his home planet. All is this, how do you even say all? All, I, don't, I mean, I can read it, A-W-E, right? All is inspired by two things, beauty and vastness. It's hard to imagine anything more transformatively beautiful and vast than the planet as seen from space, especially as it is framed by a seemingly infinite black emptiness. It is perhaps the clearest visual illustration of interconnection, the evolution of life, deep time, and infinity. From this vantage, the environment is no longer an environment, a concept, a context, over there, outside of us. It is everything, including us. The overview effect changes people. One Apollo astronaut became a preacher upon returning to Earth. One began transcendental meditation and devoted himself to volunteering. One, Edgar Mitchell, founded the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which researches human consciousness. On the return trip home, Mitchell said, gazing through 240,000 miles of space towards the stars and the planet from which I had come, I suddenly experienced the universe as intelligent, loving, harmonious. Since Yuri Gagarin became the first man in space in 1961, only 567 people have seen our home with their naked eyes. According to the space engineer Isaac D'Souza, and this is a quote, experiencing space is a novelty. One million people experiencing it is a movement. One billion people, and we've revolutionized how the planet thinks of the Earth. In of that quote, but continuing on with the forward passage. For that reason, he co-founded Space VR, which is a startup um, intended to send a satellite equipped with high-resolution virtual reality cameras into orbit. The company's goal? To give everyone in the world the opportunity to experience the overview effect. In the passage of the Foer, of the, of the Foer, that's how I call him, the Foer. Uh, in Foer's passage, okay? Uh, so this is back to me in my essay. When have you had such moments? It wasn't taking a selfie, a moment when you certainly aren't in the moment or looking outside of yourself, thinking, what about Facebook? Oh, what about Instagram? When we think about our audience, we leave the moment thinking of how to share this moment instead of experiencing it. I'd argue that no one has ever experienced transcendence while taking a selfie. I'm not one to worry about the decline of religion in our culture today, but I do worry that it may contribute to a decline in the amount of transcendent moments people experience. 
We need people who feel small. We need people who discover moments to wonder at the stars and not always feel like a star themselves. A study in 2014 found that students who stared up at a 200 foot tall eucalyptus tree for one minute, just, just one minute, felt more generous and less self-centered. People feel more satisfied and more connected when they feel small. One terminal cancer patient who didn't believe in an afterlife participated in a study in which psychedelics were used to produce transcendent experiences. Before her trip, she felt the dread of not existing. But after, she felt much more connected. Here's what she said. There was not one atom of myself that did not merge with the divine. End quote. So you could try magic mushrooms, find a god, lose yourself in the mystery of art and existence, or maybe things I've dabbled with a little bit, um, something more like meditate or soak up nature, or hug a tree, stare up at the branches, or swim in the stars. But find something that makes you feel small, yet connected, and do that, and do it again. Our society and the fate of our planet depend on it. So at the very end of the essay, I have just a couple quotes that are relevant to what the essay is about, and I'll share those. So this is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. To the dull mind, all nature is leaden. To the illuminated mind, the whole world burns and sparkles with light. And this is John Muir. When we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. So that's it. That's my essay. Now Jay and I chat about it. So that was my essay, Jay, about, um, you know, I, I think somewhat inspired, and I mentioned this a little bit in the essay, but not a lot. I think it was a lot inspired by social media and just the prevalence of selfies and, and also how mm. selfies are rewarded to some extent because I could post like the most meaning I could I posted the essay I think to social media and it'll get like two likes. Mm-hmm. But if I posted a, a picture of myself, mm-hmm. it'll get like a, a lot more than like way yeah. more like hundred. Which isn't you feeling small; it's about you being big. Yeah, that's what a selfie does. Yeah, and and I feel like we're losing that and, and the, the the moments in my life that have um been those moments of transcendence it's always been when i looked outside mm. myself i wasn't looking within how about how about you is this uh, essay a bunch of bullshit it was terrible i couldn't oh even finish gosh. it no uh I, I don't know i've had some of that i'm i haven't gosh since i was a kid i have not been that much of a nature buff i do like it i just don't take the time to do it but um my, majority of my moments have been in music, right? Mm. It's those moments where something's been created or I'm in the middle of something or you're awash in strings because you're sitting three feet from them. And all of a sudden you realize, and I guess it, to your, the point of your essay, you feel small because the, the beauty of the music that's, that's growing or being created or is being played. You're a, in an orchestra itself. You're one piece of a yeah. hundred, right? So that is small. You're contributing, but, um, all of that together is beautiful, right? So um, the majority of my moments have happened that way. And I will tell you the one that I remember the most that pops into my head right now is, um, you ever seen the movie Platoon? Yeah. And you know Adagio for Strings? I don't remember it that well. I'm not going to sing it. 
but you need to go home and watch it. Um, it is one of the most beautiful pure strings um, um, songs, I think, in the history of classical music. But it's beautiful. So we played it in the Louisville Youth Orchestra when mm-hmm. I was younger. There's no, I played trumpet. There were no trumpets in this song. There are no trumpets. There are no brass instrument or wind instruments at all. And it is the most beautiful piece. And we sat out in this um, outdoor uh, auditorium sort of thing. And this was playing. And it was just, it felt like time slowed down. Wind was blowing. The trees are there. You have, you know, a thousand people sitting out in the crowd. And I just, it disappeared. Wow. Yeah, I didn't exist anymore. It was this And you weren't actually playing. I was not playing. It was just like the music was surrounding you. And I remember when I left there, my best friend Scott... Now has been replaced by you, so oh, just so you know, right. best friends. All right. Um, uh, we got in the car to leave, and he said, "Did you feel that?" And I was like, "Yeah, that was amazing." And we just both sat in the car. We drove, you know, all the way back to our county out in the middle of nowhere, but just almost in silence, like this was something bigger than us. It felt different. So there's my transcendence. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so interesting how it's um, how ours are different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to concerts before that were really great. I didn't play in a band. You played in rock and roll bands. You played in this band. and um, So for, it's different for different people. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah. It, but I think the theme's the same, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you're connected to something larger, more people, community, or, or nature. And you yourself cease to be as important. Mm-hmm. I remember walking into like a, I think it was a pretty introductory geology class. And if you want to feel small, like take a geology class, right? You know? And, um, you know, it's kind of like this hippie professor who has music blaring. And it's the, what is this? You probably know the song, like, We Are Stardust. We are. Yeah, that's uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just blaring that. And then he starts off the whole semester of this class with talking about, you know, the elements that exist in our bodies are from the stars. Like we are Moby. This is a Moby. We are made of stars. It's a Moby song, you know. <laughs> yeah. And just to think about how how many billions of years old the universe is. It's overwhelming. And to think about and how big the universe is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and growing. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. And how how little time modern man has been here. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember in geology class they said if uh the history of the earth was a calendar, we showed up at like eleven fifty nine fifty seven. Yeah. You know, like what? Yeah. And and to think about all the people who lived before and all the people who live after unless we tiny, really screw it up. Tiny little bit. So insignificant. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that so freeing. I do. I've always found it freeing too. And for some people, it's threatening. I don't know why, but it's it's almost like you should take you should take peace in the fact that um, that that the universe is so much larger that it, I, to me it minimizes problems. It's like, yeah, I got to go to the bank on Saturday, and we we need to head down to Indy to Indianapolis to pick out this and come back, and I don't want to do that. Or my problems, you know, this thing's bothering me, my stress is this big. When I see these things, I think that's sometimes why I watch movies about mm. science fiction movies mm. because you're out in some whole different place that has nothing to do with us. And it yeah. it makes me realize things are bigger. 
And I, I'm also saying this as a person who just this very morning, uh, Harper was playing Xbox before school. I'm such a good parent. <laughs> yeah, you really are. You really are great. No breakfast, too, probably. <laughs> no <right>? breakfast. <laughs> Make it yourself, kid. <laughs> We're out of Pop-Tarts. We don't actually have Pop-Tarts, but I love Pop-Tarts. I love them, too. That's <laughs> another episode. Forever. Another episode. Yeah. And uh, so the, the TV remote was sitting beside her, and our dog, Jersey the Pitbull, started to chew on the remote mm. and it just took it right beside Harper. And so she chewed on it and it now doesn't work. We can't even, there's no more buttons on TVs anymore. You can't turn on the TV. Mm. And I am just like, that's unfortunate livid because Jersey's eaten two headsets for the Xbox. And then Harper turned to you and said, you are starburst. One Xbox or stardust, <laughs> <No>. starburst, <laughs> stardust. And, yeah. Starburst. Mm. And and so like I was just becoming more and more infuriated by this really uh, inconsequential thing that um, by the end of this morning we're trying to scramble for school I took the remote and I threw it into the couch. <laughs> but then but then for me like I feel like I come out of that pretty quickly mm. and realize how yeah. stupid and silly yeah. that all is but we all we all do that we all feel that yeah yeah so i it's that insignificance that i think that gives me that ability to bounce back and not to feel like all of these life stresses it gives you scale to your problem and and i've i've heard that uh that presentation about when the human race showed up Mm. and how small infinitesimally small that that time period is but you could take your problems and kind of shove them in that same little tiny spot, right? Even in terms of your life, it's small, and I think that helps sometimes. But, um, but I, I, but back to social media. So then you think mm. about: Are you becoming a better? Are we becoming better people as a as a as a race, a human race, by staring and complimenting and thinking about curating our lives so much? to our social community, which social media community is so much bigger than our real community. Um, are we paying, are we staring in the mirror too much? Well, some of the stars of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like do is, you know, is my hair straight and my makeup on and am I ready for the performance rather than who am I and what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more about what I think of myself than um, what do all those people yeah. think of me which seems to be our national obsession right now, maybe a global obsession. Oh yeah. So I was in Myanmar, also known as Burma, where my sh- my shoes, I have new shoes, they were made in Burma, I can't believe it. They oh, say right. Myanmar though. It's a bit of a political statement by the shoes. Nobody uh, knows. But I I can't remember which is which is the argument of which political stance you're taking in Myanmar or Burma, but whatever. Side note. Uh and so I had an amazing experience with uh Buddhist monks in Nepal in 2001, my first travel experiences. And, you know, we'd, every night we'd walk around the stupa, like this like thing that you walk around three or seven times, I don't remember exactly, in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And um, the monks would wake up at like five in the morning and start chanting. I'd wake up and I'd hear chanting. And so just like this amazing cultural experience that made me want to write about this, like very – um, inspired much of what I feel like mm-hmm. I do today. And then I was in um, Myanmar, which is the most generous country on the planet, long, long, uh, many years running. Yeah. 
and it's because of their culture of Buddhism and giving of alms and, and uh, in many ways, karma. Um, and I was walking around this giant stupa, like a huge one, this huge place. And there were monks taking selfies. Really? And I could not process it. And, and to Did me, they stop walking? Yes. And other people were like, hey, they would monk st- number two, can you keep moving? They would stop and take selfies, Jay. Wow. Monks. Which you think, like, that's like the ultimate, like, not hanging on to well, it's not, anything. It's not meditation it's for sure. Um, Buddhist meditation is about being quiet and eliminating every other noise like, around your brain and your soul. Like there is no self. Wow. Right? Isn't <laughs> yeah. that the thing with Buddhism? There's no self and selfie. <laughs> yeah. And I cannot believe it. And then there, there are these phones that <laughs> everyone's – like they um, you kind of were really isolated from the world because of their government for years. And then they eventually adopted um, – they opened up more, and the cell phone there just spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the quickest country ever to just adopt like yeah. smartphones. And – you walk around the the town, um, around the country, and you would see all these dealers for phones, and it just like part of their selling point was that now it has a selfie camera on it. So this culture, which is very like Buddhist, selfless, selfless, generous, giving, hmm. it was just a disconnect for me that Buddhist monks were taking selfies. Yeah, there's not much transcendence in them. And that meditation walk when you stop to tell everybody else you're doing a meditation walk. But something uh, – this is interesting, stepping into some waters that could get us in trouble a little bit with Uh-oh. folks that we know. So we'll, let's do it. Um, but, there, you know, there's a decline in religion in our country. Mm-hmm. And there, there's more – what do they call them? What is it called? The, the nuns? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no religion, mm-hmm. basically. And I hinted about this a little bit in the essay, but one thing a religion can do is make us feel small. Mm-hmm. Should although I mean I guess some some religions kind of put humans at the center of the of that universe. Yeah, it depends on it. how so, you depends on your lens on it, right? But, yeah. I mean, in general, there's like a higher power that we are insignificant in relation to. Right. Yeah. And that's on paper. That's what it. Yeah. 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 And so what what does that mean for our culture as a whole? Mm. Are people feeling are people having fewer transcendental transcendent experiences? Mm. And it, could that contribute I, I don't know. Well, yeah. there's a study on this, but I don't know. You know, it's interesting uh my uh, wife sent me a um podcast with Richard Rohr on it which she and I pay attention to Richard Rohr a lot. Um, because I love what he says. He's a he, Franciscan. He's a Franciscan priest, monk. Yeah, monk. he's a, he's a yeah. or not. I guess he's a Franciscan priest, not a okay. monk. I guess that's it. Yeah. So the Franciscans Franciscans are different than standard Catholicism or th- um, what you know of. Um, but as an atheist, I can tell you, he hits the ball out of the park for me all the time. Well, this latest um, uh, episode of his podcast, which is basically his homily from church, he basically uses the phrase "Who cares." And stupid, stupid, stupid. He uses those two phrases over and over again. <clears throat> he does it. In, he does it in a way that is 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 really smart and thoughtful. But he talks about people saying, "Well, I'm I'm baptized and I go to this parish." And he says, "Who cares?" 
And then people say, yeah, well, I'm a Catholic and I do these things. And he goes, that thinking is stupid, stupid, stupid. And he says, he looks at the congregation and says, you, you guys, I'm assuming you're here, you're baptized. doesn't matter. I know people better than you. Mm-hmm. He makes them feel small. Mm-hmm. And now he, doesn't, he doesn't do it in the way I would do it, which is a little more cynical and a little more dark, right? But he does it in a way, and they laugh because mm. they know he's right. There are people better. There are people that do more. And just because you have a label, you are small. In the big mm-hmm. scheme of things, we really are until you find that humility, which he is really great at really he's, driving that home with them. Like, you know, I grew up Catholic, and to me he's a, like a philosopher, like Completely different from any of the Catholic yes. experiences I had, for sure. Yeah, and my perception of it's only through it's not dogmatic mar- marriage. No, no, yeah. no, not at all. He studies Buddhism and Hinduism, and he talks about all his concepts, and everything's universal. It isn't, it isn't the sort of evangelical Christianity we see in the United States, which is we have the moral high ground, we are God's chosen country, and thus that's how we operate, mm-hmm. right? Um, prosperity Christianity is kind of the same thing, yeah. which is I've been given these opportunities. I'm going to earn as much money as I can because I'm, I'm looking at myself. I'm not looking at or mm. paying attention to others mm. in, in the way that mm-hmm. caring for others, yeah. which is, was really different than the way we perceive yeah. it. Yeah. But also getting back to <clears throat> the give directly episode about our, our individualism, our individualism as a nation, is that just lead us to being the stars of our own show? Mm-hmm. It's feeling big. Right. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. And I wonder how, of course, it exists on both sides, but religion or non-religion, if, if, that, is your, if that is your belief system and that's where you, th- you, you think you are the, you are so worthy of everything you've gotten. Oh, it's like the Julie Austin episode. We're mm. going, we're doing throwbacks <laughs> in these two episodes, but. It's like our hundredth episode. Yeah, she, <laughs> but that's going to take some work. She talked about that, taking, taking her, her first six-figure salary to her grandma, and her grandma said, honey, ain't nobody worth that much money. Mm. But I am. I'm really smart, and the people there really love me, and I've really done well, and I've been in meetings and had great ideas, and they gave me a raise. I'm really important. I'm big. No, you're not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're having some success there. I hope it means something for you, but I hope you can serve other people better than you are now. And that hit me in that episode i remember it specifically and that's about being small yeah 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 i think it's experiences that can make us feel small Mm -hmm. it's also people (laughs) and and, you know like i can have um you know i've had some i'll go visit a school and give a talk to thousands of people and early on i think especially i was like oh wow that felt look at me that felt good you know everyone's like <laughs> looking at me i've seen the fan i went and saw you speak live i've seen the lines of fans that stay after and i feel i like to think it hasn't like impacted me that much but but i'll come home and i can tell that it has <laughs> and annie, you get none of that annie puts me in my place really quickly you know about uh, who i am and yeah. Uh, what my responsibilities are, yeah. and yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think we can find that smallness in a good way through people. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, I, well, we talked about this the other day. You go into the local coffee shop and you see one of our local heroes, Mary Dollison. Oh yeah, walk in. And we may be doing a facing project meeting, right? We're talking for an hour about how we might direct this or send this this way or how we publish this. And Mary Dollison walks in, and you realize she spent her entire life 
serving people yep. in need. The entire thing. She's won more awards locally. And, and this is true in every city across country. And nationally, I too. And nationally as well. But every time I turn around, they're like, we're going to recognize Mary. And I'm like, okay, she deserves it. She's got to be tired of it by this point. But yeah. she's spent her entire life. That makes me feel small. It makes mm. me feel like my work is – I'm insignificant in the people I've touched in my yeah. life. Right? It's a challenge. Mm. Um, but she – in a good way, Mary does that for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel small. Yeah. Yeah, it's challenging. And with the Where Am I Giving project, so many of the people I met gave so much. Yeah. That I'm like, what am I doing? Isn't that why we started this podcast? Yeah. We've interviewed people that challenge you and I mm-hmm. to be good people. And we're not there yet, but yeah. some of these people really have, they've gotten there. They're doing some things that are significant. So you agree with the essay? Is, is it big? Is it huge to feel small? Uh, I think I agree with the essay at, at the at the highest level. Okay. I'll send you some edits later. Though. Oh boy, I'm sure there are some typos. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're like six foot five. Five. You make me feel small, Jay. Yeah. Very good. That's right. my point. Right. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Good People Podcast. Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting and to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes. You can listen to Cliff on Spotify or find him at cliffritcheyart.com. Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit kelseytimmerman.com slash goodpeople to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world. important too important for that call <laughs> i say that to myself every day <laughs> do you do you really say that well i think about my time as expensive yeah i need to spend my time on the right things am i gonna get a goes. bill for Possibly. this oh it's Possibly. gonna be like a, just an annual bill my accountant's behind it's like we just started this year and i'm gonna get a bill for like forty five thousand dollars <laughs> you're gonna be surprised it's like oh crap <laughs> And you'll put it in your mic, too. You bought a mic, so that'll be an expense. It'll be like $45,000 well, plus exp- a mic. I've also expensed all the beer. Even that one that was really expensive? <laughs> oh, my gosh.